I'm Mike Walsh, and you're listening to Between Worlds, the show that takes you over the horizon and beyond borders to bring you the global thinkers, innovators, and troublemakers whose ideas challenge the world as we know it. I'm here today in Istanbul with uh, Tamar Nakishja. Hi. Uh, you call yourself an interdisciplinary designer, but I think that really understates uh, how much you do, which is as much as an artist, sculptor, inventor. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and, and you know, Tamar, I, I originally came across your work, I realized about 10 years ago, uh, when you came up with those incredible, um, I guess, conceptual prototype for Nokia, the Nokia Triple Eight. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nokia 888, yeah. And I think people would remember because there were some videos that went viral. Yeah. Um, of this, you know, this this bendable, wearable device that yeah. adapted itself to your situation, to your risk, and uh, I just remember when I saw that because it really felt like just how different phones could be if we thought about them creatively. Yeah. Well, I mean, the story about that is that um, Nokia wanted to. They tried to envision the the future of the future of the future of the you know like like mobile devices. And back then there was no iPhone, there was no touch screen, so. Only touch interface was on like on the ATMs, I think. Yes. So um, then I start to think about all these like technologies and everything that can go with that. Um, this like um, mobile device. But at one point I said, you know, because your product have to have a form, and all these technologies will have to fit into one form. And then I said, how can I choose that form? Because it it's got so much, you know, like it has to have the be the, like the perfect form which doesn't exist actually yes. that's why I said maybe there will be technology one day which will allow you to you know have a different form every day so it doesn't have to maybe have like a one form so I said maybe it's just gonna be like a stripe with a touch screen probably it will be like flexible in some years and then um, it will be flexible you could put it on like your wrist or you can then also I came up with the concept of like as I call it emotions where you can send emotions to friends <laughs> like a heart shape and then their t- phone turns into a heart shape and things right. like that yeah so you, you really predated the um, the emotions on the Apple watch by, uh, by I, 10 I, years yeah I think so I think so I've seen some articles about that as well a couple of years ago people like um, they mentioned also my name and that concept it's really like nice but um, it actually just started by me looking at the future um, around like 10 years ago and just before that, I was also working for Fiat in um, in um, uh, Milan in their concept lab. So that also gave me really nice perspective of what will happen in 2015, which is kind of weird because now we're in 2015. <laughs> well, what I thought was in- intriguing is is your thought process because you know generally when people think about the future, they look at technological specifications and they ask themselves, well, if our phones were three times faster and twice as much memory, what would they be like? Yeah. But your design principle in a sense was coming from a very different perspective well I mean I'm just thinking how will all those things make us feel or how different can we feel in the future how can all those things affect us you know are we gonna be able to write our loved ones names on the clouds in a like a virtual reality thing I mean that's the kind of like interaction that can really like affect us because 
that's what excites me about the future. It's not about technology, it's about how we feel. And um, I think it's got a lot to do with psychology and our own consciousness. Yes. So I was always looking towards that, but then there's just like real life. So my whole life has been trying to find intersections where, you know, all those, um, let's say, imaginary world or these like ideas can materialize in a way and turn into product. What did, what did Nokia do with this concept? I mean, how, how did they... Uh uh, how did they process it? Well, they were very like excited at the beginning because um, I think that because in two thousand and five, Nokia was yeah, at its peak of its game. It was <laughs> it was the peak of its game. It was really like my my motivation was just to have this thing, make that video, and let people in Nokia because they were like designing and deciding all those things. So for me, the most important thing was that they was gonna see it. You know, it was just that. That was my motivation. And I heard the news that I you know made it there and um, they took me to Finland and everything and it was um, they really couldn't really or like didn't really go through with the concept and like make it re like reality in that sense but um, they developed another concept um, kind of based on that which is called Nokia Morph mm. which is also kind of like transparent and you fold it out and everything but I mean in the end um, we're also coming closer to this time which really I think the next this is maybe like revolution in mobile devices is going to be the, the flexible screen that everybody's like waiting for that and it's not about technology like we said because it's like this thing this interface being flexible is really going to affect a lot of things in our personal lives it's going to change from like a hard device to something more you know that we don't know how we're going to use it well you'd hope so i mean in some ways it feels like um mobile innovation has really kind of stagnated you know, 10 years ago, we thought we'd use very sophisticated devices, but we seem to be locked yeah. on really a piece of glass now. And there's not much in a design level. That's you, undesigned, because I mean, in a way that there's nothing to design. Yeah, you can make it thinner or yeah. thicker or smaller or um, heavier or lighter, but you yeah. don't have very many variables anymore. That's true, that's true. And um, something's going to change. I mean, that's going to come through um, like a material, like revolution. I think the flexible thing could be that. But also that makes us realize that there needs to be some change at one point. And I think the change will not be technology, will not be material. It will be something more closer to our human selves that is going to get the game right and make us feel different, you know. Because now all these apps, all these things that we do, some of them really get the point and really they are like different. They make us feel good about like taking notes or taking pictures or like whatever it is. But I think more like philosophy is getting into, into so, so you think, technology. You, you, you think great design and great apps have a kind of an emotional reinforcement? Exactly. I would say like I would say emotions in this in this in this like story is the is the key. Because that's that's what we like we feel good, we feel good. You know, we feel bad, we feel bad. It's it's all about how we see the world and yeah. if these things can like change our perspective a little bit. That's you're right and it feels in some ways in the interactive world we're very low resolution emotionally um, I was reading yesterday that Facebook are now going to introduce emotional responses rather than just like oh uh, so you know you can you can say that you love something or you you're angry uh, which still feels like eight bit emotions but it's better than one bit emotional responses true, true, just, true. just like a like button it's, it's better than a, I'm just a thumbs up <laughs> um, Let's talk a little bit about your new project because I, I guess one of the differences between then and now is that it was easier to visualize the future in the yeah. past. Yeah. Uh, but it was more fun also. Yeah. Why, why is it that now it's so difficult to come up with future concepts? 
Well, I think... Um, Why does nothing surprise us anymore? Well, um, like you said, 10 years ago, it was like a blank area to discover. We could really like just envision and throw in concepts and just... It was also like... Um, all these things like affect each other, affect or like influence some other design or some other company. So that was really like a, you know, open area to just throw some ideas into. But right now, if you have an idea, if it works, you know, you can make things fly. You can, you can make that like drones that fly and take your pictures. So we are living in that future that we thought that would be so, so cool. Yes. And um, that's the kind of the thing that the, the, the missing ingredient this like as an emotion or how we would call it. I think this is the kind of the new game that can like change the way that we interact with with these like um, like devices. So, um, to summarize, right now, um, if you have a concept, you can go just make it, you know, yeah. and you can really just share it and see what happens. You, you, there's a thousand yeah. producers in China. It, it doesn't that, really that make sense to make really yeah. like three D drawings or like renderings and make something cool because, you know. We passed that. It was like an era, like you know, um, and now I think it is time to really get these things into action. And it doesn't really sometimes require that much high technology or any kind of. Um, it just needs the right idea. It just needs the right sort of emotion or the right tone of approach to the user. Everything you know, it's just like everything's coming together. I think. Well, I've noticed this shift as well. I mean, when I first started yeah. my career, I spent a lot of time in Japan and China. Uh, and Korea and you know you could take things that were going there and you could show that they would turn up in the West in five or six years time uh, but now there's there are no more trends yeah uh, because if there's an idea it's a global idea yeah and there's there's very little that can surprise anybody uh, so I, I think the only thing that we can really look at now is the the impact on us as human beings of yeah. change that's yeah. the only thing that's really unpredictable yeah um, well, I mean, I'd like to think that, I mean, that's the kind of feeling that really um, makes me feel really good that we are on a planet and we are just like, we are just living creatures and you and me and I, like everybody in this room is just, it really feels, it's got this feeling of like, like, like future or, or how you would describe, but um, it really, um, if we can start from point where we just like accept that this is a planet and we're just like living here and we have all these things that are possible and we can really reinvent or make something new or I mean, I mean everything is possible right and, it's, um, it's not a sense of linear destiny exactly it doesn't have to be, be built on everything because yeah. we have an understanding we come to a step we look around we have an understanding then we have we process and we look back we say okay how did we go around with those like devices 10 years ago it looks like ridiculous but we learn from it and then we give another approach and I think in this age with all these um, interactions on you know, social media Facebook and all these devices we learn a lot you know all these things that we read online like 10 things to do in the morning whatever you know all these things are we didn't have access to those information before and I think this creates a really interesting melting pot a really interesting exchange of information that I think we're gonna come up with a new idea or a new solution or a new approach which will be the new generation of objects, both technological and also non-technological, you know, because it's our life. It doesn't have to really be, future doesn't have to be about a technological device. 
this is a consistent theme I see in your yeah. work, which is the participation of the of the user in the design process. Yeah, you could say uh, that. Even when the design is theoretically complete, mm -hmm. uh, there's an element of undesign. And uh, I, I looked at um, you know some of your award-winning plates, for example, uh, which are beautiful. And uh, thank you. And there's almost a sense that the plate itself is not the design; it's all the interactions from how they're stored to how they look. Yeah, uh, there, there's a element of participation. Yeah, well. They would, I mean, like people would call that as like modularity, or you know, there were like wrong terms about that. But I think it's just about a, like like one-to-one -one interaction. So, to example, um, to to explain that concept, I mean, on that on that product, you know, you can have the nicest plates, everything like design and like beautiful to eat from everything. But when you stack them, you just see just like stacks of plates. They're just like like linear and it's it doesn't really say anything until you take it from there and put it on your desk. It looks like a restaurant on your like kitchen. Mm -hmm. So that's what I realized, you know, you could really, you don't really need a new plate, a new design. Maybe we could just add a little bit of touch. So I just made a little curve on the sides of the plates, mm -hmm. which when you stack them, they start to become, they start to create all these like, like, like patterns yeah. naturally. And it almost looks like sedimentary layers in, in, yeah. in rock. Maybe, but that's that's what it is because like people love like love um, let's say um, gazing into things or like looking at things and thinking about other things. So they love imagining. So if you give people some room to do that, if even a plate, when you wake up in the morning, you just open it and you see those forms, even like subconsciously, mm -hmm. your brain is processing and it makes it look like rocks or things, but all these like like little um, as interactions because your interaction with everything starts when you just first approach it. I mean, on this table there are like glasses and things and that, and, and everything is designed. Everything has a designer. Everything is trying to tell you something. Every form of every object here on the table is trying to. It affords its function. Yes, but I mean, it's trying to. It's 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 almost like trying to tell you a story. It's it's trying to represent something so it's all, all of these are like a character we don't need that i think we just I mean, it could be functional it could be just um simple but this emotional function that um that you wake up and you see these like patterns on your place and then you because they change every day you are more conscious about it and, and that's the point that i got with this like like design because you can have the nicest object in your house but after a week or so you don't really see it your brain blocks it because you know it it doesn't change right and with this thing is so simple everywhere you put it all these things make you you know appreciate it and this really changes your experience so is this really at the center of your idea of undesign uh, of creating a space for the viewer or user or owner to complete in their mind uh, definitely what the representation of that object definitely is? definitely it's not about you know mo like like modularity or creating something and co-designing or like do it yourself i think these terms are all right but i mean there's a bigger picture which is you know we are all creative people everybody's creative everybody was a kid mm. it doesn't have to be you know like playful doesn't really have to have playful colors it's just like the toys that people designed for kids and now if you want to make a playful couch they use those colors it's wrong it's the toys that looks like it but it's the idea of play or the idea of participation idea of creation can be in every aspect of our lives you know so many of our our objects are so specified now yeah i mean even if you look at an iphone yeah it's really its function has been carefully thought out in every detail yeah. but not by you that's true but you can change the you know like this um this like background image 
which is I think also quite you know just a simple thing but it's like your first interaction yeah. it just like pops into your mind but I'm wondering how much of this applies to the digital world because you know when I think back 10 years ago uh, the websites we were using were a lot less specified mm -hmm. to me it's the kind of the difference between MySpace where you could make it look however you wanted mm -hmm. and Facebook where it's so tightly defined yeah uh, do you think we in the digital world we've lost some of that sense of undesign um, well I'm in a way um, ha like happy with the fact that it is not very designed like like these days if you go make a website it's not about the design so you can just go online to a, like a template or something you just because it's more about the content it's mm -hmm. not about like impressing people so it is also more like clean clear naked which is also I think the, the right direction I mean it feels right for me it makes it much easier for me to communicate my work it's not about the designer that I have to change or follow trends no it's just about if I can present my portfolio in a nice way, then it works. So it's more utilitarian. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, one of the other things that I have right in front of me are these wonderful little wooden blocks. Uh, they're, they're hard to describe, but they're about five by five centimeters. They're in different colors. Uh, it makes me feel like being a kid again. Uh, well, uh, this is connected with your brand, The Future is Blank. Yeah. Uh, can you maybe explain a little bit about what these are and, and I guess how they fit into your vision? Well, um, you know, I mean, as a designer, I've worked on many products and many projects and, you know, to come up with something that is as simple or as strange as a cube was really, like, really, like, different and it really was, it really felt right. So, um, it all started with, like, 10 cubes, 10, 10 white cubes, um, 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 cubes that I had for a project that lied around on my desk for two years. So, I just started to, you know, put them on my desk and, like, change their forms just every now and then and then I just realized people come and really start to touch these blocks and start to make shapes and because like every shape I mean I mean every move that you make with every form changes the whole story and just gives you a new less emotion so um, this went on like two years and people were like saying we love your tubes Tommy. and I say okay I'm a designer <laughs> and they're just tubes thank you very much but you know what can I do with it so, but you know, in a designer studio, like there are always these things, um, blocks, and I also play a lot with like like mirrors because I also think mirrors are in a way really mysterious and futuristic, and it's is is it really is like like that's the greatest invention I think. So I was also like like having all these little toys for me, which I didn't know, but people would see and say, oh, you could just make a lamp with this or with that, and if you're a normal designer or let's say like a normal approach you would take this idea and make it into a product and share it with people but in this case with all these cubes and mirrors and the things I follow I didn't want to make it into a product because there were like too many options too many ways that I could go with and I didn't want to choose and say this is the form this is the function and this is what you can use it I just said maybe I take a step back and invite people to my studio in a way and just give people tools where they can create everything that they would like to. So I have these like kaleidoscopic like um, mirror boxes and these cubes, which in a way are objects that changes every day, or they are things that you, you like, like like you never get used to. You put your iPhone inside, you just light it, it becomes a lamp. You put a flower inside, you could just, just like look inside, it becomes so, like so a these micro. almost like building blocks for people to design products themselves. Exactly. I mean, it is in that sense. That I was, I mean, like we were talking about, there are like objects that change every day so you are always conscious about them I have these like for almost like two years now and I realized that they could be something else and I just packed them in a nice package and I'm just like giving this up like 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 to people but what's nice is that every day 
I come and see them in a different setting, in a different place, in a different function, you know, you could, you know, really are, because everybody's creative and everybody yes. can find different uses for this. So it's almost like a living or like liquid object that really takes your attention and makes you makes you imagine as we talked about you know because like you don't really need much defined things and this gives people room and the fact that it's like just wood and this feeling of tactile and it I think takes back people to their childhood or maybe like ancient past even you know I noticed when we when we when we caught up for dinner in London and, and you pulled some of these and put them on oh, the yeah. table even people who weren't even with us pick them up and start playing with them yeah. it's a sense of return to childhood of infinite possibility that's exactly what it is I mean I don't want to create a game or create a, a finished design and as we like experienced that night people were just they saw them and they made up a game and they were just like just having fun without us directing them how to do their like what it was for it was just tools for people like creativity tools or how you would describe it it's really hard to describe but it's really <laughs> nice and when you're like in like around and it's really nice to see people come up with the idea and it just lights up people's like faces and in their eyes you can really see that it excites people and it's really a really great thing for a designer. One of the things I wonder is that is this destined to be a cerebral executive desk toy or, or is there something and I, and I suspect this is true that there's something deeper at work here that um, in the future more and more of our technology will disappear yeah. we'll have smarter objects will be more embedded will be more mysterious in a yeah. way and this is almost like a prototype for the new ways we'll interact with technology in the future I think so too because like like we said we don't need plastic we don't need glass we don't need anything I mean, we just need experience we and some certain materials really ring some bell in our like in our like like body you know right especially say like fire for instance i have a you know new person that's coming up also about that but fire we have it for thousands of years to for like for like lighting and also heating and then we find the light bulb we just go back to okay we just don't like need it and candle becomes this like romantic thing accessory and it's not that you know when you sit by the fireplace you have this really strange emotion and I think in the future we should have more fire or we should have more things that are more natural, more... That connect with our fundamental humanness. Exactly. Yeah. By natural, I don't really mean that going back to the woods and living in that way. No, because we have, we're have we a big civilization and I think we have this understanding and I think in our understanding we just have to like strip back some layers and get back to the fundamental things like you said. And this could be a really, I call it in for the sense, I call it like undesigned because we don't need designers, we don't need um, things that are really like defined and th that tells us things, it's just we need, the world can be a more magical place and maybe it really is, you know. So many of the objects we use in our life can be separated from their underlying form now. I mean, a, a telephone doesn't have to be a piece of glass. Yeah. A telephone could be anything in the future. Yeah. So, so could a music player or, or any of the technologies. So, you know, one thing that I wonder when I look at this, I go, is that if we want to reconnect with our, with our materials mm -hmm. that were at the birth of our humanity. Exactly, uh, exactly. Th there's, no, there's no reason why a phone should be made of wood and be square. Exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, in that sense, I'm just trying to take people to a stage where they believe everything is possible. And that stage is, I guess, when you were a kid, you know? Because you were new, like, new on this planet, everything was new, everything was possible. And a flexible mobile device, or you know, all these things that we think about for a kid, it's not a you know spectacular idea. It's just like, of course, why not? 
and as we grow we have all these things but I mean this story just continues as you know like I mean, as you grow up you get the rules and but come on we have all these things you now happening and then I think we can really crack that thing and then we really can build a new approach to things and um, Futures Blank is trying to do that and it's just the first step it starts with a cube of course an orange cube and some mirrors and and then we're gonna really see what's gonna happen also for me it's a blank story because I really didn't plan on doing these things and now it's really like getting bigger and bigger I also made some hats which I wasn't intending to make hats actually I was just making forms and I um, from felt for a project and I took them to the exhibition and my friends were saying oh we saw your hats and I say okay they're just like they're forms and the hats but then lots of people told this to me I was going to this costume party and put them on my head it looked nice at the hat but I didn't really intend to design it was also undesigned because the shapes of them are like more like rock shapes but it's not about the form that's when I like realize design is not about the design design is not about saying a specific sentence those forms do not mean anything mm. it's just a feeling I mean if you're in the nature you, you don't go around and say oh I love this like this design of this rock I really love the scares or you go into a cave you don't go like this architect made this place like that so the light comes in through like this it's it's not like that you know it's just our we are more like in a way ergonomic we go into things in and we just appreciate it as the way it is so things can be less designed and give more room for people to imagine things and I especially think in a world where you know nanotechnology means we will literally be able to reconfigure technologies and shapes that's and also some other exciting thing. I mean, I'm just trying to create a base for myself because this is what I'm going to put my life into I mean I've been called as a futuristic designer for a for like let's say forever but I really didn't accept that term in that sense but now as the description of future like consciousness and everything is changing and now everything's coming together and meeting with people like you as well um it really feels so exciting again to build a new um future you know Tema, it's great to hang out yeah it is show. it is definitely is. bye, bye. You've been listening to Between Worlds. For more episodes and information on how to subscribe to our podcast, please visit www.mike-walsh.com/slash-between-worlds.